and we're live. It's going to take a long time to get to the chorus. <laughs> no, but it's worth it. That is a slow burn. That no. is a slow burn that is worth it. It's like Dragon Quest cool. 7. Uh, <laughs> nice little music bed here. Yeah, oh, that's weird. I'm getting a little bit of uh, lag back for myself. Yeah, don't have the uh, mute. Stop the chat window in the uh, the video in the chat window. Hmm. Okay. That's what I had to do. Okay. There we go. There we go. Ah. Yeah. Technical difficulties. So Google went and did me again. Yeah. They uh, they got rid of Hangouts on air. Like they unceremoniously just like took it out back. And then, like, put a bullet between its eyes. And now we're on YouTube Live. Yeah. The, the, this uh, this every single technology platform just forming into one thing is good. <laughs> yep. It's good. Yeah. Because um, eventually when we start answering, like, email through YouTube and everything, it's going to be great. No, it's going to be awesome. You just have to, you know, it'll, it'll be integrated, right? You'll be able to send in your favorite uh, reaction videos um, with Giphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, in no way is this hell. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to do any of those things. Yeah. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. I feel really bad for starting this late. Um, I just completely spaced. It's been a, it's been a harrowing day for work reasons. It's true. I said it was technical difficulties, but I was covering for you. Yeah, no, You're it was like me. A, like a drunk uncle. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I put in your time card down at the docks. Yeah, guess who forgot this was happening? Hey, uh, hey Butterfield, can you can you punch me in this once? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you back. I'll get, I'll get you, you back. back next time. Listen, Leroy, I did it for you twice last week. <laughs> yeah. You fuck with me. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. We thought that our thing was going to launch today, but it didn't. So, mm. who? Yeah. Launch dot. All right, all right. Uh, oh. <laughs> how about you? What's going on? Uh, nothing. Uh, game night got canceled. Oh, no. So I'm uh, working. It's kind of good. I'm going to work on catching up on Place of Arcanum and stuff. So that's what I've been doing. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's all. Cool. For me. Hmm. Oh, wait, I'm there. wearing a coal shirt. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. You're, you're normally much more, uh, you're normally much more colorful. Yeah. yeah I, no. I, um, I went, when I went back home a couple months ago, uh, I didn't want to, do laundry at my mom's house because it was like real nightmarish. So I went and bought a bunch of plain black shirts. Mm. That's the way to go. Someone in the chat noticed my cum orb. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy that she decided to share it. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's, uh, I'm going to hold that up to the camera there. I'm going to, I'm going to put you. Ooh, that is milky. That's pearlescent. That is, that is a milky orb. That's like a sylph egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um i don't know it's 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 tough there's not an awful lot going on i appreciate you 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 doing the black t-shirt thing oh yeah um, <laughs> it's, this is pajamas for me cole i don't oh, wear this out. no that's fine that's fine yeah. I don't wear this in real life. This is, uh, I mean, uh, but, I mean that's <laughs> these, these are these are garbage shirts that I <laughs> that I yeah. have deemed only fit to touch my sheets. I sleep in these, but I don't want people to see my nipples. 
Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the sun never touches these shirts. Yeah. Can't see my brow straps between them. <laughs> so, uh, man, oh man. If I, uh, if I lose this eye, do you think instead of getting a glass eye, I could use this orb? Well, I, so I think that there might be a little bit of size, uh, disparity there. Hold the wait here. Let's, it'll be replaced with some kind of orb though. Right, right. And I think that <laughs> the right side of this whole thing, it's, right? it's the cocked eyebrow that makes that, 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 that makes that actually. Um, so I think that, all right. So exploring options for your eye other than just like a standard, I mean, pretty convincing glass eye, right? You know, sure. like your, your, your regular Peter Falk glass eye. That guy has I, a lazy I think, eye. Yeah. Like that guy has a lazy eye. That's a, that's what happens when you have a glass eye. Right, right. I was gonna say, did I have to tell you some truths about Columbo? Oh no, no, I understand. <laughs> I'm familiar with with the Cyclops known as Columbo. Yeah, Columbo, um, the, 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 the detective with a the crime solving Cyclops. He sees things we don't. Who crunched these bones? <laughs> Columbo, there's just one thing he doesn't understand. That depth perception. Um, yep. Yeah. So, but um, no, so I think I think that questioning that assumption is a good instinct. However, I wouldn't immediately jump to orb. There are any number of like fun things you could do, like up to and including like a little pill carrier. I think. Sure. Yeah, like put some cyanide capsules in in case I get caught. Yeah. The, um, um, yeah. There's the perennial like laser eye. Um, yeah. It might not be necessarily like the, the tech might not be there. Yeah, a weak you, flashlight. <laughs> yeah, but still, a weak flashlight. Just just imagine waking up to go pee. Um, it, more than it, you have in your ocular cavity. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Brayden is asking if Cole has a cold. Cole is recovering from the flu. Hmm. Yeah. Back to the eye thing though. Yeah. I, th- I think that like you can, I mean, you've got, you've got a plenty of, plenty of, uh, uh, miles left on those tires. So you could probably like, you don't have to settle on whatever you get right now. That's true. Yeah. And it's it's not, I don't want you to be tied down. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna ask what my options are. Yeah. No. You know, as they so if people are listening to this and they're baffled, go back and listen to I think it was the air was it Arrow um, or was it the Animaniacs episode? Animaniacs. Yeah, Animaniacs, the Animaniacs episode of uh, Abject Suffering, where you told the story about the uh, about get, being told that you would have your head put in a vice and have something lit on your eye lanced. Yeah, yeah. It might happen on Monday. <laughs> so, last weekend with this guy. What do I do? <laughs> There's some triscuits, buddy. <laughs> this, baby, this baby bird some some triscuit paste. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What uh what you been playing for fun? Um, nothing. It's been all, it's been all assignment play, but it's yeah. been, it's been fun. Um, just doing, uh, just a lot of Resident Evil and then, oh, I guess, um, Pokemon trading card game too. That's what I've been playing for fun. I forgot about that. What? 
What yeah, is this? Uh, there's a, a Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy that was made in Japan that was not translated, and uh, I bought an Etsy card. I bought mm. a repro card of it, uh, the fan translation. So I am playing the second Pokemon card game on my Game Boy. Awesome. So does that have like the uh, the gold and silver like fossil generation cards or not? So no, it's weird. It's like um, it's a lot of the same cards, but the whole idea is there's this team called um, uh, Great Rocket team team Great Rocket, I think. And they uh, they've taken everyone's cards. So it's kind of hard in the beginning to find people to play against. It's very weird. <laughs> uh, and their whole thing is that they make their own cards. So there are like you get like dark Bulbasaur. <laughs> and stuff and like you know dark eevee i don't know that they were made for the actual trading card game they might be new um i'm also like fairly i'm like four hours in but i haven't i'm still fairly early in like like i said it's very weird to get going in it because you just walk around talking to people and everyone's like oh those fuckers stole our cards i heard they were at the rock gym and then you go there and it's like this weird it's very dialogue-y and uh, in the beginning like once you act now that i'm actually into the card game it's still the card game so it's very similar yeah, to the old method, and there's a you know variants of cards, but it's not a uh, it doesn't hit the ground running as fast as the other one does. Hmm. No. Yeah, I would love if that was like a like a Final Fantasy VII esque result of some kind of horrible tragedy in the designer's life. Mm. Um, just that he decided to make a, an incredibly dark and philosophical uh, Pokemon trading card game that featured very, very little card playing. Yeah, it really tell you what matters. It's so far so far not. But my it might turn to that. Mm. So. Um, real time follow up here. Brian and chat says uh, dark cards were in Gen Four of the uh, oh. trading card game. Yeah, oh, so at, least, at least at least that far. Yeah, so. good to uh, good to know. It sounded familiar. I stopped playing the uh, the trading card game around the time that the uh, it was like the fossil mm. um, expansion or whatever it was, whatever it was. That's really early on. Those are in the uh, the first game, the fossil cards. Well, yeah. That's still gen one yeah um, but yeah it is uh it's fun so that's i mean that's the only thing i've been playing for fun though everything else has been assignment play because i'm trying to get ahead for portland yeah for the gaming expo and stuff yeah i still need i haven't even started pokemon yellow yet actually which is a bad thing um, yeah it's not, it's not short no but it's a game you can play in bed so that'll not necessarily uh give me a little bit more time than usual you know, because I don't sleep. Um, but um, yeah, no, I've been playing um, the new Phoenix Wright game, and oh, cool. boy, oh boy, is that a Phoenix Wright game? <laughs> yeah, those are kind of those kind of stay the same, right? Like those are pretty just consistently. Yeah. Like if you if you like this, this is your source for this. Yep, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, or it's I mentioned time. I mentioned it on the level a little while back, but um, it's a uh, you know, I'm comfortable with kind of the same thing every two years, you know. Mm-hmm those characters are charming enough like most of the new mechanics end up just kind of being like new ways to find information to you know get contradictions you know like that is that's pretty much it like in this one um you're in like this different country it's like this bhutan-esque himalayan style country uh where maya maya fey goes to train like her whole um tribe is from or whatever um and you can actually see the very last moments of the of the um, victim's life from their oh. eyes, and so you're not like finding contradictions from that. You're actually con- you're finding contradictions in the account of the person who interprets it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
So nothing like something to like keep it keep it free. What I bet you that game, if it had come out later, and I don't know what it would be different. I'm, I'm not saying this would necessarily be better, but like I bet you that game would work really well episodically. Yeah. As like a you know, because you just kind of keep the same engine and then just just pump out cases, you know, because yeah. like that's the you know that's how the first because I played the first one. I like the, I like those games. I played the first one. Yeah. Um, I'm not like super fan, but I like them. And mm-hmm. then I uh, started playing the second one. I was like, oh, this is very much just this is Phoenix Wright, you know. And I even felt it back then. And like they're already kind of expansions. It would have been like more frequent rather than every two years, but just kind of like like a telltale once every couple months. Yeah, do it like uh, doing like three seasons. Cases. Yeah, yeah, you get three cases four times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're pretty yeah, nice. I could see that. It would definitely have to be seasons though, because like all of those cases end up working together in a weird kind of way. Yeah, you know, like it all kind of like culminates at the end. Yeah, yeah. but no, that's a th- that is a good idea. If this thing didn't start out on the Game Boy Advance, and they kind of they they had a little bit of that, like the one like the first one for the 3ds had a dlc case that was really really substantial it was actually longer than the first three cases not combined but you know it yeah. was like like an end game length case mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so that's it other than just kind of assignment stuff and trying not to die from dehydration yeah yeah <laughs> it can be hard to play games when you're sick yep hard to concentrate um do you want to uh, get to some questions yeah Okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's hear Adam writes, uh, what is Roars' favorite treat? Um, and what are all of the words in that kitty vocabulary? We heard I don't know the other day on Twitter. Oh yeah. Um I think it sounds like he says I don't know when he does uh when he talks um a little bit. But his he his favorite treat is any. And <laughs> uh, here we'll, we can do since we're we're live. Uh hey Roars. Come here, bud. Um, bear with me for this fascinating video uh, of me digging through my drawers. Uh, so these are uh, Dental Life. Okay. Do you like, like, kid, like kitty gum? <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 like, they're crunchy. I think they're supposed to like chop the bad stuff off his teeth. Where is mm. you like this? I don't think you do. Okay, let's, uh, I can't, you know, check out his gun him. <laughs> All right, bud. You want these? I wish I could get him to do something. He's not a dog, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, do something for the internet, then you get your treat. It's just, he just gets free treats. It's sport treats. Left, right. Yeah. You want to give him my lap? <laughs> Brayden says he's very motivated by food. Ah, oh, look at that little guy. Look at him. He might get a little, he's a little weirded out. Performance anxiety. Yeah, he might be a little weird out. He can hear you and. Oh, yeah. No, he just. I'm just going to give him to him. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's very food motivated. And then he goes into like a real Snorlax torpor. After he eats and just kind of lays on the bed and is, you know, cuddly. <laughs> Oh, but people got a good uh, good glimpse of him. I, I froze the camera on you while he was up there. Oh yeah, yeah he was a little squirmworm up there. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't. Uh, he will let me hold him, but he uh, not when like I think there's just treats on the table, mm. literally. So <laughs> chasing the chat asks, Brayden, are you si- are you quietly sitting in the next room? 
I, I don't think so. I hope not. I don't think so either work. But if he stayed home and was just quiet and stealth breeding all day. Yeah. Yeah, watch out for stealth breeding. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Jason writes, uh, do you guys ever get into heated arguments off air or is it all hugs and kisses? I like neither. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, so that means there's still time for the first one if anybody wants to witness it at the beautiful <laughs> Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Oh, at the Oregon Convention Center. Uh, it's made for lovers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we don't fight. No. Um, yeah, we don't fight. We also, I mean, we're friends off air. Yeah. Like, we talk about stuff, but it's not it's not hugging kisses. But then right. also, we do, I mean, we don't fight. Yeah. No, it's just it's just like anything, you know, when you're trying to work together, you know, you learn how to do it. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, you just learn. You just learn how to do it, and there are you know creative discussions, and like sometimes one of us doesn't get our way, but otherwise, no, that's that's it. Like it's been, it's it's really good. There's no drama to be to be had or seen. No, no, yeah, Which is good. yeah. That would have been exhausting, and we would have quit. Yep, because <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't I'm so conflict diverse that I would not I would not sign up for that. Yeah, I don't want to fight every you know every yeah. two weeks with anybody. Yep, no, so. so so not, neither but no drama anyway yeah i've hugged cole We've <laughs> yeah, never kissed. yeah. So about, about four times a year or so yeah it's <laughs> it's hugs. it's all hugs yeah <laughs> four hugs per year yeah um eric writes sorry if this has been asked before uh but how do you choose subjects for monster in my podcast it's alphabetical of course but it seems like you skip a lot of monsters i'm mostly asking because i can't wait to hear you guys talk about the elder brain Oh, uh, we don't skip anything. Uh, it's just we just have a, a book that doesn't have every monster ever in existence. Right. So second edition is kind of kind of difficult because, you know, they mostly did a bunch of stuff in these little compendiums, like actually like loose leaf sheets that are meant to be put into binders. What we're doing is we're taking the monstrous manual which is the co- a collection of a bunch of those from a couple of different campaign settings and compendiums one, two, and three. Um, and going through this just because that is kind of like the biggest initial source. Um, and then after this is done in like a year and a half, well, we'll talk about when, what we're going to do next, but it's still going to be D and D 2E. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in D and D 2E and we were run out of that there are monster compendiums from compendiums for like every game system that are all pretty fascinating and one for every one of those, you know, systems. There's like, I have a specific like Van Richten's guide to mummies. That is like a a tiny monster manual. That's just about mummies. Oh my God. (laughs) You can get a lot of like, there's a lot of monster books uh, uh, in that edition. So it's a, but it's a game book. The, the, the mummy thing, right? Yeah. How much variance is there between the mummies? Uh, surprisingly little uh, um, this one is wrapped in a fine poly cotton blend yeah this uh this is the shorter mummy <laughs> the, the small man's curse eh. um they're just like uh, one of them they'll have different power sets it's very much like when we cover things that have different entries in the regular monster manual mm-hmm. except it's just like i mean it's not a thick book you know but there is it is a it is a its own little splat book it was like 10 bucks when yeah. it came out <laughs> like you just love mummies like <laughs> nice yep so yeah it's just it's just called the monstrous manual and i there's only so many ways i can say that i may end up like i, I need to like put it in more places because we get that question a lot actually oh yeah 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 and it's not like i don't think 
covering every single monster that's ever been covered through the even just D and D second edition is probably beyond the scope of two people. Mm-hmm. Like we'll, we'll probably miss things. So I'm not worried about missing things mm-hmm. very much. Like if we miss something, it's like, well, we're going to miss stuff. That's yeah. kind of the thing, even if, you know, and it's a fun show to do and we're covering a lot of ground relatively quickly to any other book club style things we do, but uh, I don't think we're going to get it all. So, nope. Yeah. Yeah. Elder brain sounds cool. I'm going to seek that one out. I've got the, uh, I've got a big old, big old bag of PDFs that fell off the back of a truck. Um, mm-hmm. I at least want to want to see that. I God, when people just <laughs> so the amazing thing about Monster My Podcast is it starts these conversations about like, oh my gosh, I love blank, and then mm-hmm. immediately I go and search for blank because you know even just within our relatively small community, like there's such a wide gamut of of you know just things that people know about like just the the weird possibilities that exist in these fucking books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to. I mean. I don't want to move off of D&D, but I would love the show to last long enough to do the first Shadowrun monster manual, the creatures yeah. of paranormal creatures of North America, because that book is great. Yeah, It's really, really bonkers. The ideas are really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's less funny. It's kind of easier to take seriously, I guess, but like <laughs> the monsters are really cool and they're really hooky. Like they're, you know, they're very spooky and, and cool. Hookier than the hook horror? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like, think no it was a claim. Wrong, but like these these guys are really hooky. <laughs> Look, it draws you back. <laughs> draws you back. <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh Brayden writes, recently you said a thing that was just the worst. What was it? Why'd you say that thing? <laughs> and who do you think you are? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who do you think you are, Gary? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what, did I, what did I say that was the worst? No. Huh? No, I'm trying to think of, like, what would be the worst? <laughs> See, the thing is, I forget everything we say. Uh, this is well, the, yeah, this I, don't, I have no memory of anything. But the um, what's funny, though, is I was uh, I was looking for to try to find the to look at these questions in advance to find an email that had the updated password for the Patreon. Yeah, uh, with your login, I couldn't find it. But in going back through there, I found a bunch of stuff that was forwarded, and I found the email that we got that was like the person uh, yelling at us about making fun of Scientology. Oh, and I like, totally forgot about that. And at the time, I was just like, "Oh, this is ridiculous," and I was like, kind of mad about it. And then just like, I totally yeah. forgot about it. It's just not even in my mind. <laughs> like, I, you know, I guess we said some things about Scientology people didn't like. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a really bizarre. That that, that was people killed. For for criticizing them, yeah, like it's uh, I don't I don't uh, you know they're bad. Yeah, I you know I will remain uh, uh, in 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 uh, intransigent uh, on on that particular issue. I I still stand by the things I said, but that was kind of weird because it came in like two years after the Fallout Two. Yeah, um, that was the thing too. And it was Fallout Two that was making like making fun of. Yeah. So it was the idea that we should have should not have supported Fallout Two because it has the Hubologist in it maybe like that's a weird that's a weird tact yeah yeah i mean that, yeah. that's a that's a big target <laughs> yeah, but we didn't get murdered like for it like we like made fun of psychology or uh scientology yeah yeah in a similar <laughs> so, so here's the thing it's just like oh what's the worst thing you said well just things that annoyed other people and they told us about it um you know we're we're still getting heat off of the uh the uh, soul reaver episode yeah yeah somebody yeah. like recently was just like well yeah 
Yeah. Again, but I stand by that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any problem with it. You know who? Uh, if you you know who hates Scientologists is Nick Lauber. Oh yeah. Uh, talking, yeah, he he's got a mat on for Scientology. That I could is, see that. Uh, yeah, it is a very like it. You know, talking to him about it is interesting. He did yeah. like a paper on it in college or high school or something like that, and just like dove deep, and it was just like ah, oh, really <laughs> mad about it. Yeah. No, I uh, I I was very involved in that. In, in following that early push of anonymous, actually, mm-hmm. as that information was kind of brought to light, I fell down yeah. a deep dark hole when I was in college about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I haven't read that book. I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, going clear. Um, yeah, I guess there, there's like a mini series or a documentary that is supposed to be like equally good. Like it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a. It is really good. It's like an it's HBO. Yeah. It's on. It's on HBO. I think. Um, okay. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's on HBO and it's uh, like an adaptation of Going Going Clear. Okay. Yeah. I should watch that. Yeah. Um, Zachary writes, hey, Cole, when your Dark Tower podcast gets funded, are you planning on just working your way through the main series or will you, or will you be covering the ancillary no- uh, novels as well? Gary, if you had to do a book club podcast, what series or theme, if any, uh, would you make it about? Thanks, guys. Um, Gary, uh, just so I'm not answer, asking and answering my own thing. How about you? What would you do a book club kind of thing on? Um, I would love to do um, a Grant Morrison book club and yeah. go through it like chronologically. So mm-hmm. do like the weird early stuff with the you know the weird British 2080 stuff and go into Animal Man and then go as it gets weirder. But the problem with that is that like there's 15 years of him doing work for higher stuff for DC more or less. Like I ended up reading a lot of like mainstream DC universe stuff. So like, I've actually thought about doing that or like having the idea and never doing it. Cause I didn't have time, but um, there an, a more doable answer would be to do Vonnegut, like start to back. It's really readable. And there's 14 yeah. or so books. Um, that'd be really fun. Yeah. There isn't a Vonnegut book that, that exists that you couldn't read in a day. Well, yeah. And I yeah. like them all. Yeah. Like, even the ones that I don't like are still worth reading and yeah. would be fun to talk about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to control this. I don't know what's going on up here, but it's kind of flying away. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So for, for, for my question, uh, well, first off, you know, there's been movement on the Patreon. I don't think anybody listening to this doesn't know about it, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, days of future cast got funded. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be started. We're having conversations about it there. Um, and uh, now we're on our way to Radio Free Midworld. Um, that pilot is going to go up pretty soon, actually, here on the Duckbeat Presents uh, channel. Um, so watch for that. Um, it features uh, Jeremy Greer, um, Evan Jones Thorne, and Murph Murphy, um, and, and, and myself. Um, but uh, for this question, like, hey, am I just going to work through the main eight books? Or are we going to feature stuff about kind of the connected works? Um, you know, either the other books in Stephen King's bibliography that ha- have elements about it. Um, I would like to. Like, it'd be weird not to do, like, at least one episode on The Stand. Um, maybe not reread the whole thing because it's 1,400 pages. Uh, but to actually talk about, you know, just kind of like what it's about and the way that it relates and do all of that. So like, that would be almost like a, like a mid season kind of like holdover or treat as we prepare uh, for the next season. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's what I have rolling over in my head right now. No, yeah, I imagine you do it like bonfire side chat. Yeah. So it's like you do, you cover the main thing and then you cover 
some side stuff. Like you wouldn't have the time constraints that cause our off seasons, but like, you know, it'd be weird if you never like, like we talked about this in the, uh, try this, but like, it'd be weird if you didn't talk about the comic at some point. Yeah. You know, like that. Or the movies, you know, like, oh yeah. As they come out of the TV show, like it, like that'll, I want to do that show really, really soon because it's only getting more relevant. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be good. So yeah, thanks everybody for helping us get this far. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael writes, I know you guys spend a lot of time playing games for the shows. Uh, do you ever get a chance to play something for fun? Um, if so, do you have any favorites? I recently played the Pokemon trading card game too. For game Boy. <laughs> oh, wow. So does that like take in the fossil? Is it like the second generation of the... You know, it's uh, weird though. I don't think it actually uses the, the expansions. It's got this thing called Dark Pokemon. There's this okay. whole subplot about Team Great Rocket, like making their own cards. It's weird. Huh. No. Okay. Um, are like are there lots of cards in the world? Um no, it's weird. They actually stole them all, so it takes a long you just spend a lot of time talking to all your favorite characters. Like, oh Mitch from the Rock Gym, I remember you. <laughs> uh yeah. Huh. Do you think that sprung from some deep seated personal trauma on the creators? I can only hope so. Okay. <laughs> no. So it's funny because I think both of us do do a little bit of the same thing, which is we play games for shows. But like, is it true for you that Comrade is you guys kind of playing games that you otherwise would be playing anyway a lot uh, of the time? Hopefully, like not always, you know, because it's uh, we pick those. We had to get like really intentional about picking those um, where, you know, we eat our meat and potatoes formula. But mm-hmm. the, the meat part of it can't be that meaty either. Right. You know, so it has to like meaty is like you can beat it in like five hours, you know. So like it's potatoes and potatoes. Um, <laughs> but the um, so yeah, it's potatoes it is and bigger than potatoes. Yes, it is nice that like if I see an indie game I want to play anyway, I can play it for the show. Like I just found out today that um, the guys who made uh, Eldritch and Neon Struct have a new game called uh, Slayer Shock, which is like a first-person RPG horror game. Oh really? Um, that we're going to cover for the show. And I'm like, I lo- like out of all the people who fell out of but the Bioshock sphere, other than Steve Gaynor, like those guys are my favorite. Like I, I like yeah. Eldritch a lot and yeah, Instruct was great. Like I like those guys quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, Slayer shock looks great. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do that. So like, it's real fun when I can see something like that and be like, Hey Nick, let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- that there's a little bit of that. Um, I mean, the reason I, there are times where I'll play things more for myself, but like right now, um, other than like, you know, I played Deus Ex, I'm going I'm to play Dishonored 2, um, pretty much right away. Yeah. But right now I just happen to be playing stuff I want to play. Like the show, we have good, good games on mm-hmm. it. So I'm like covering Arcanum, which I like playing. Um, I loved Resident, you know, just beat Resident Evil 4 pretty recently and like, love it. So I yeah. was having a real lot of fun going through that. Like it was, didn't feel like a chore or work. It was why I, I was so due for a replay for about like the last 18 months. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I know, I know what you mean with like the level kind of like giving you an excuse to play things that aren't covered on the show. Yeah, so actually, so this is this is how pathological it is. I've got a chalkboard up on my wall over here in my new office, and I just I have like a, a constant rotating like now playing kind of thing written up to remind me to play things for the level. So like so it's now it says like now playing abduction. Like I try and always have at least one of those going, but like I have again pathologically taken the hobby and turned it into turned it into work and mm-hmm. it's cool because if i'm playing something for fun i'm actually playing it for the level yeah, you know? yeah. so 
you know, and playing, playing it over the course of several weeks. And it doesn't necessarily have to be timely. Um, that's one of the timelier shows on the network, but it's, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that sucks about it for me is that like, when I do want to, I do end up in these places where there are things I want to play where I kind of can't like it is, it is a joy to, you know, to be playing resident evil four and, uh, the comrade games we're doing now are interesting and good, but like, uh, I really wanted to keep playing the witcher like yeah. after we cover it for, and like, I was like, I'm going to keep playing this. Like, this is going to be my, like my, my mistress game for a while. <laughs> and I haven't touched it since we recorded the episode and I, it sucks. Like I really want to, but then, you know, I played DSX, which was fantastic. And I was really happy to play that, but I just haven't had time to go back and really sit down and do witcher stuff because like, I know it's the game I'm going to, I'm going to do all the stuff in it. Yeah. So it's not like I can sit down and be like, I'm going to really make some progress. It's more like you have to sit down and kind of luxuriate in it. And there is no end in sight. Like it's, you know, it's effectively yeah. infinite. It's going to last me two years if I do the DLCs, probably. Yeah. It's just the, 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 that is an unfortunate kind of game that has like a ramp up and ramp down period. It's like exercising yeah. almost. Like you can't just like get a good hour in of Witcher because you, you have to. Like, you don't feel like you did anything. Yeah. You know, like I can sit down and do like one quest, but it won't feel significant. You know, in the same way that like I could sit down and do one run of Isaac or get one fifth the way through, you know copy kitty or what have you like something we're doing for for comrade like that's that's different so yeah yeah yep that's tough but just but like I anything mean, yeah i mean it's, it's it's objectively not tough it's just yeah. tough <laughs> that's the thing so, objectively yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, like, to, to time balance, it just happens to be that the thing we do for fun is also the thing we do for work, just different flavor of it. Yeah, and I think I think that if uh, even if if something happened, you know, where I could kind of melt away, like I did, uh, the network just like literally was full time job. Mm-hmm. Like I would have more time to to play stuff like that. Like we'd be doing other shows. Final Fantasy show obviously would take up a big chunk of time, mm-hmm. but I think I would have a little bit extra time if I wasn't doing escape room stuff yeah. at the same time. And like at that point I would probably, you know, there'd be other things I would kind of like probably relax about. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If we were doing this full time, we would have no, literally nothing, no other pieces of hard landscape, um, yeah. you know, breaking, breaking that up. So like if we had complete agency over the way that we, over the way that we scheduled stuff, you know, we could, it would be easier to absorb um, those yeah, extra sessions and stuff, you know, if it wasn't like, well, shit, I would love to, you know, I would love to get ahead on this, but I've got this other stuff to go do. If you know? I like just use network, you know, if that's happened, I could be like, okay, I'm going to do network stuff from 11 to six every day yeah. and be fine. And I would end up like having more time at night and stuff too. What ends up happening now though, it's like the, the blocking is, is the part, you know, part of it. It's like a, it's like an ice cube tray where there's just like the water can't be because there's these little, obstructions yeah Yeah. obstructions and interruptions yeah yeah which i mean it's great but it's also that that would be uh i would end up like the the consequences i'm not complaining because the downside of this is like oh i didn't get to play as much of the witcher 3 as i wanted to (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the worst case scenario here is still pretty great yeah yep um Let's see. Uh, Sam writes, are there any weird old indie games that either of you guys would consider for WAF? For example, I would love episodes on NetHack or Dwarf Fortress, um, if that counts as retro. Um, I don't even have a really deep knowledge of either of those. I just love hearing about them. Never thought about, uh, he said indie game, right? I never really thought of NetHack as an indie game, but I guess it is. 
Yeah. Like it's, it's from an era like, Oh, doom is an indie game. They never yeah. really got in with a publisher. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I won't, I won't do, I don't like dwarf fortress. Um, I've tried it and I don't want to play it. Yeah. Um, like that's too, that's too fiddly for me. Yeah. Like I dislike it. I understand like the idea that it kind of creates stories and it's a story creation engine. Like I understand the appeal of that, but I don't want to manage that many details. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with that interface. Like I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, not, I would be more into doing an older rogue game. Like I like those, but those also have fiddliness too. It might be tricky. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, like this comes up from time to time and I feel just so unqualified to talk about either of those. Like I'm disqualifying myself because I just, it seems like something that in order to speak competently on, like, and this is, this goes even beyond like, Oh, we're tourists in team fortress too. You know, especially with NetHack, we're looking at something that has been around for so long that I just don't feel like I have the perspective to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to bring in somebody, you know, like we could have like Will Owens on and talk about, yeah. you know, NetHack and it would be, it would be good. Um, and like, I, I want to play those games. So to answer the question, there's nothing preventing us from doing it other than like one is daunting and one of them are not like is daunting and I don't like I would veto it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so like maybe, and then like also, you know, we haven't exhausted the rogue genre for the show by any means. Like we did no. Chocobo's Dungeon and Toe Jam and Earl. Like there's a lot more to explore in that genre. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's lots of things to like about that genre. Like I could see us doing the first year in the Wanderer game. Yeah. You know, cause that's really good. And also, you know, it's not quite net hack obtuse, but uh, it's a little, little bit harder than a uh, um, yeah. Chocobo's Dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Oh. Yeah, and I can't think of any other any other like older older indie games like to my mind like the the current indie game movement started with Cave Story, mm-hmm. um, and we've already covered that. And I can't think of anything like in that vein that the the that just kind of like jumps out for me there. And I'm sure there's a blind spot, but I'd yeah, love to hear about it. So there's no there's nothing stopping us from doing it. It's still yeah. on a game by game basis. I don't think there are any things that categorically we just have decided not to do. Yeah. You know, like that's not really how it works. It just gets too like not by genre or by time period. You know, like we've we talked a lot about trying to figure out a way to do an Atari episode. Yep. Um, you know, and that's still somehow on the table somewhere, but like that's more just trying to fit our structure to the games, not a policy that has anything to do with the games themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no moral objection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for customer's revenge. That's a moral objection. Well, yeah, we wouldn't do like that. Like just all yeah. Yeah. That'd be weird. Um, Brian writes in light of recent X-Men news, the world demands to know these answers can be either singular or plural best X-Men worst X-Men best worst X-Men. Uh, I wonder if like the team or man, I wonder like individual yeah. or a... <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, see, see you, Brayden. Um, Brian, Brian, if you're in the chat, let us, let us know because, are you referring to X-Men like, is it any mutant? Like, could I talk about Sugar Man? <laughs> Sugar Man's not a great X-Man. Nope. But is he a best worst? <laughs> I, he might be like a best worst too. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a fun, let's say individuals. That's probably what it is. Okay. Thinking um, of individual men. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's tricky. Like, cause I, there's none of them I think are actually like, nobody actually makes me mad. Like where I don't like them. Right. You know, um, the most, uh, like the most ineffectual maybe. Yeah, it's like a who I guess I don't like Psylocke very much. Yeah, I was I gonna Psylocke, say Psylocke yeah. too, actually. Psylocke feels distinctly early nineties to me. 
like she yeah she old psylocke when she was kind of you know when she was british and and had the kind of the really you know the weird mask and stuff i like that aesthetically but then yeah. she was just kind of a, a duplicate uh you know she was another psychic mm-hmm. like she didn't have a lot of space and then her getting reborn as you know uh, <laughs> an, an asian assassin yeah watch did that happen under because that feels creepy that's like some resident evil 6 shit it's a, it's a claremont thing Mm. Um, but it's, I think it, I'm pretty sure that it's through the siege perilous, which is like a whole, whole can of worms, but like, I'll give it to Psylocke. I've never liked a Psylocke story. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't think of any of them that are good. And there's this whole nineties thing with her and this person in Quanin, who I think is the person whose body she stole. And it's very confusing and like, not very good. Like Scott yeah. Rondell. Um, best worst, I wouldn't give it to, I like, uh, for best worst. And this is, there are probably people since now, since then that are better, but maggot. I have a soft spot in my th- heart for Maggot, who's like got the super shitty mutant power. Like he's just a weird blue guy, or has a uh, you know dresses in blue, and has uh, his digestive system is outside of his body. He has two worms about this big that go off and eat things. They can eat anything, but they eat it very slowly. It's not a weapon. Okay. Uh, and then they come back and give him the energy, and that's <laughs> it. like that's that's Maggot. Um, I've always had a soft spot for that guy because he's so ineffectual, but like that's a cool, weird, creepy kind of you know, body horror style yeah. power. <laughs> um, for best worse, if we're going in that, in that vein, he's not as hilarious as Maggot is, but uh, mm-hmm. who's the, uh, is it, is it squawk or screech from the, uh, um, oh gosh. Um, uncanny. Bird, bird brain? No, no, he's from the, uh, it was right after, right after new X-Men. He's like the really gawky, like he looks like a bird, but he can't actually fly until like dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, that character's name is escaping me right now. I know who you're talking about, though. He uh, he ends up shacking up with Angel, like the other, the Bug Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would say him. Bird Beak or say Beak? Beak, Beak, yeah, Beak from yeah. the Joss Whedon run. Yeah, um, is, uh, is from is, the Grant Morrison run. Oh, is he from the Grant Morrison? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then he uh, he gets mind controlled by Cassandra Nova and beats Beast up with a baseball bat. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah yeah he's great beak is really good yeah but <laughs> but he's he's a piece of shit like he has nothing he just looks weird he's um, just but ugly, I, yeah. yeah but he uh definitely definitely um factors in best uh best x-men i mean i'm gonna say nightcrawler nightcrawler's right that's great yeah uh best combination of like the coolest power and also like the best personality between he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of my he's my favorite classic like x-men yeah. he's my favorite my all-time favorite x-men is long shot Mm-hmm. Um, but Nightcrawler is really up there. So, and Longshot, it's all about uh, the way his powers work, which is like the Ultima Four of X Men, mm. where like he has really good luck, but only if he's if he's doing good. Oh, well. like, if he or if he believes he's doing good, he has good luck. Yeah, and if he is like untrue to himself. It stops working and fucks him over. <laughs> That's and it's just like. Good. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's super good. It's a super good yeah. power. That sounds like weirdly human, actually. Like, yeah, doesn't it? it like, like, it just, it's an entire, it's an entire power set built around magical thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> he's it's, got a vision board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I about said, oh, he's got a pocket vision board, but I'm pretty sure that's just what Pinterest is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just what the um, Scarlet Witch has to keep track of her husband. <laughs> yeah um oh i didn't answer for worst um i'm gonna say cable mm. i can't stand cable <laughs> cable's pretty rough actually yeah. wild man of borneo the um yeah. he got he got 
better, but he started out really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not, not my best. Um, Kilo says, uh, what do you guys do when you're sick? Either to get better or just weather the storm. I just, uh, I just, I rest and drink water and take over the counter medications. Like a lot of them. I try to sleep a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sleep, lay down. Like I said, uh, I'm like a big, big old baby talking about, I was just sick. Um, But had the flu real bad. The first really bad fever I've had as an adult um, in a really scary way. And I just, uh, I laid in bed and I put on Bob's Burgers, something really comforting and upbeat, and then just faded in and out of consciousness as it played. I had one of those like adult six uh, last winter. That was really scary. Like I was downstairs, I was playing Fallout 4 uh, with my roommates and just like had a really intense stomach pain that came out of nowhere. Passed. I was like, that was weird. Happened again. Uh, I was like, okay, I need to go up, go upstairs. Went upstairs and like vomited myself into a migraine. Like I just yeah. like you know like really projectile like vomited and it felt like it was something I ate. But I hadn't. I did like the detective work afterwards because it was so spooky, and nothing you know made sense. And then was just down for like four days, and like couldn't you know couldn't move and like couldn't. I was like you know my room. I was like Will you know texting Will like Will water. <laughs> Like and he would bring me a glass of water and it was really nice of him, but like it was so bad. He will give you a bell to ring when he need, when he needed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was really rough. Like yeah. it was very very intense, and then it just kind of like faded after a few days. Like I I don't go to the doctor if I feel sick. Like yeah. that's not that's never been that's not me. So go to the doctor if there's something like I think is actually wrong that won't go away on its own. Yeah. Yeah, we were just fortunate that we didn't have to record. I, I forget if your if your illness last year affected anything but if it did i think it did actually i think we had to i mean it was just an inconvenience it didn't we didn't miss anything i think we had to put off something to to a weekend but i couldn't do it like it was also i missed like a game night and i missed um a pandemic night Mm -hmm. and yeah that's too bad yeah there's only so many of those pandemic nights you get i did i missed i definitely missed a pandemic night i missed part of the season so Mm -hmm. yeah are you guys gonna do the uh final way to do the sequel i think we will eventually we started playing time stories um last time and we did the first story that came with it and it is a really kind of like a mess mechanically like it's the follow-up right no 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 No. um it's not the same guy i think it's different people um i mean you could actually could be right i I said that i was really sure and so i don't think so but i could be wrong i know that he did one but it was like something something a legacy game or something like that like he was able to hold on to the right to call his future shit legacy He's got one, I think, coming out that is not, that's about like ships and stuff. But this is um, like the, the premise of Time Stories is fascinating and good, where like you are, you know, quantum leaps, you're chrononauts, you quantum <laughs> leap back into people and you're trying to prevent something and you solve a mystery like iteratively. You know, you go back and you can check, you have a certain amount of time units to spend to check out things and investigate and try to figure out what's going on. And eventually you have to make really efficient use of your time to solve the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of bullshit part, like it's, but it's designed really bad. Like it's the, uh, there's really, they're really inefficient ways to get around things. Um, there's a real luck mechanic involved in how much time units you spend. So you can get back to that final like trip and be like, okay, we know exactly what to do. And just depending on the roll of the dice, you, you'll go into ne- deduct, you'll go into negative time and then you the affects your score. You know, you don't make it because like, it didn't matter that I knew what to do. I just got like rolled a couple bad dice. 
Yeah. Um, so it's like very fascinating. And the writing is not good. Like the actual concepts and stuff are good, but the actual dialogue and everything is really shitty and it, it needed somebody to do like a pass. About. Yeah, that's no good. Oh, and the name is a shitty acronym. TIA oh, stories. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna try the second season and see if they like improve it all or the second case is mm-hmm. what they call them um and see if it's any better yeah but, that premise just sounds so fucking good it's really good and yeah. none of the individual mechanics like they're all things that have been done kind of before like that that kind of move economy and then when you have to uh fight or you know pick a lock or something like that you just you roll dice you have certain attributes it's very like basic it's just the premise that does it um yeah 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 good premise yeah um let's see uh low writes i guess this is kind of more for gary in light of his monstropedia blog post a while back but have you seen bogleech.com i found it whilst looking for bloodborne monster designs and have since lost a few hours looking through the archives each post focuses on a set of monsters from different places uh though it can be kind of hard to navigate also, Cole, I just started listening to The Gunslinger on your, if not explicit, recommendation, um, at least regular referencing. Digging it so far. Um, yeah. Listen to The gu- uh, Gunslinger. or yeah, uh, The Gunslinger audiobook is actually really good. The, uh, the narrator who does it is a noted, noted doer of those things. Oh, wow. Bogleach is, this is some Fangoria-style design on bogleach.com. The the actual like the main page is very like this is pretty hard to <laughs> this is hard to to navigate. I'll agree with that. I did not know about this. Um, pretty neat though. Like you can kind of go through and and find. Like I just clicked on the hangman, the strangling puppeteer. Yeah, I can get, I can get down with that. <laughs> um, like this is this is actually pretty sweet. Um, yeah, but no, I did yeah. I did not know about this. I like this. No, I'm pretty. Um, uh, oh wow, it's like a. It really is. Oh, it's like a bunch of like little short stories about um, at least what I'm looking at right now, like short stories about the uh, uh, monsters. Like there's one about the boogeyman. Yeah, it's very similar to it's like uh, some of them are, are monsters. It looks like some of them are homebrews. So it's a little bit like uh, right. it's like yeah, uh, what SCP. Yeah, secure, contain, protect. Yeah. But the the way that this layout is awful because the you look at these little this gallery of thumbnails and like some of them are monsters and then some of them are like top 10 worst Halloween toys, uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters, my trip to the Halloween store and stuff. It's like a blog, but yeah, it's not an encyclopedia. It's cool. It has encyclopedic content somewhere in there, but it's tricky. Yeah. And like the, the head headers for this, it's like Mordesheen, awful hospital, humans be gone, creepy, then articles with a, a <laughs> you know, like a grub crawling out of a fish's mouth. Oh, that's like that crazy fish where the uh, where the parasite replaces its tongue. tongue. Yeah. Oh, this is the real monsters. If you click on that. Oh, articles. Yeah. This is a, this is all like actual monsters. So oh, you know, more or less things under the sea. But yeah, this is fantastic. I will definitely yeah. take a look at this. And they have like uh, um oh, and it's even like like categories. Like they've got the uh, like the abyssal fish and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm into this. No, this is yeah, this is going to be some late night iPad. Um, yeah. Uh, reading. Even though, holy shit, Gary, I'm looking at an angler fish right now. There's a whole <laughs> section on video game monsters. There's, there's all the Silent Hills are represented. Cool. Oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh damn, they got shadow hearts. Yeah, a Silent Hill monster, ref- ref- uh, uh, boy, retrospective. That's what we're yeah. looking for. Pretty, pretty fascinating. This is good. 
Man, we should. There, there has been a, a more. We, we've got our net like next year's summer JRPG kind of like narrowed down to a couple of choices. Like, I'm getting more and more convinced that Shadow Hearts would be really good to do at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I could, I could do that. That's interesting. Like, I'm down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The the page, the little thumbnail for uh, the Book of Vile Darkness. The yeah. Is just the the guy from Lost.jpg. <laughs> Tim Smith or Tim whatever his name is. It's Buckley. Yeah, Tim Buckley. That's very funny. <laughs> Mild spells. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 This is uh this this is great. Yeah, this I is book see, like, very cool. I could see like a uh, man just occasionally like uh, back in college I'd fall down Snopes holes. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. read more or less all of Snopes. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh, there's a Dungeons and Dragons section entirely. So yeah, that's a uh, yeah. This is appropriate. Yeah, this is the the tab you want. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like this has been a, a very resource heavy episode. Actually, I think I, the, we might do show notes for the first time on this. Like, I've got a bunch of tabs open as we talk. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, also, well, uh, Lo here has a has a twofer. I don't think that's explicitly against the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, so it looks like we're not going to get a whole bunch new from Dark Souls 3. I know it kind of hits hardest for you in its theming, uh, but were there any different kinds of areas that you secretly hoped that you might see? Archetypal Dark Souls areas be damned. Um, I think D- uh, Dark Souls 2 was the boldest in this, uh, and, uh, and this came closest, but I kind of hoped for a lost jungle ruin, a desert temple, or a submerged city of Atlantis kind of deal. Uh, sure, they're fantasy cliches, uh, but I don't see DS ever being scared to lean into that. So, thoughts? Um, yeah. I was kind of hoping for a below-ground city of some kind. Yeah, yeah. that would be neat. I mean, I, like, I would be fine for... I was looking for a church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like, uh, I like it whenever in any of these games they show places where people actually live. Yeah, like so, I want more... I wanted something that was on the order of like No Man's Wharf. That was such an awesome surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And like we, we get our village. Like there's usually a village and there's the castle where people presumably live. But like I love, uh, you know, like Aldia's Keep, like that mansion. Like I would love yeah. to go through like a mansion um, in one of these games. And I get, what, you know, kind of why they don't because a lot of like small rooms doesn't really play uh, yeah, so well. Like it's hard with, for encounter design. But I remember, even when we did Shadow Hearts 2, like when we got to the mansion level, it's like, oh, this is this is awesome. Like I like this as a biome. Um, and I don't know if that's just Resident Evil, like fanboyism speaking, but like I just find that as like a creepy location. I would have gone Maniac Mansion. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would have been. That's true too. Like something about like creeping around like a place where people live, like an individual place, because that's how you uh, like the best um, Dark Souls bosses have that sense where you get to know them on the uh, on the way to the boss. You know, you, yeah. you travel through their works, and that's why you know Seats is so cool. That's like the coolest thing about uh, you know about that uh, that section. Yeah, or even Aldea, and we you know, we we yeah. just laid a ton of sugar on this during the game, but during the Dark Souls Two season. But you see his works out in the wild, and to see where they started, like you don't, you know, we didn't meet the man himself until a year later, but yeah. you know, it was still it was still something that kind of resonated. His his place was him up until we got him, and that that's ultimately what ended up like we're a couple of months out from it, but like what disappoints me so much about the soul of cinder is who gives a fuck who this person is like you don't have there's not a character they're not a character it's a concept yeah is the boss and this is the first time they've done that in the series where it's like the end boss of this is a concept so yeah. it's impossible to know so there cannot be like and that's why it bothers me so much that it borrows the gwyn 
pathos because like it has no pathos on its own. It's not Gwen. Like it's not, you know, everything we know about Gwen is not true of the soul of Cinder. It's just kind of looks like him and has the music of him. You know, it's yeah. really flagrant in that. And it's like, I get what it's going for. It's like, oh, it's everybody. You know, I understand what it is. It just doesn't carry. It's unrelatable. It's an inhuman concept. Yeah. You know, so it um, misses that. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls 3.txt. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's also like, I would I would have loved to have actually gone through a, and th- this is kind of like an EverQuest deep cut, but like an area that was perpetually on fire. Oh sure, like just to 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 deal with something like that, not like a like a lost Isleth kind of thing, but like an otherwise inhabited place that is kind of like going through this kind of like per, perpetual kind of disaster, and it could even be like a like a fractured reality, like Nightmare of Mensis kind of thing too, mm-hmm. where it's like half in and half out, um, and just like just watching this otherwise normal place be subjected to that. I think that would be a fun thing to try and navigate. There's like uh, parts of Dark Souls 3 where there are fire spreading mechanics. Like that would be a neat like pocket mechanic for that kind of level where like, you know, maybe there's a risk reward involved. Like here's a barrier. You can burn it down, but that fire is going to spread and make this other area harder to navigate. But it'll give you access to this, you know, treasure closet or whatever. Yeah. You can do neat things with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also something that looks busy that doesn't confuse anything. Like, uh, you know, we just were preparing for the show. I just did the dancer fight again. And like, by the end of that fight, when everything on that church is on fire, it's amazing looking like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't interfere with anything. It's a good, like visual noise. Yeah. Yep. But we'll see. We're going to get more painted world. We're going to probably get more Londor. Yeah. It looks like Sif. <laughs> How sad. Like, like I hate that so much, but that's really what it seems like. Ugh. Um, yeah. Yep. We'll get there. We'll see it. Uh, Murph wants to know if you, uh, if you got your skeleton. I got my skeleton. Oh, I, you know what? I did. Um, thank you, Murph. I forgot about this. So I got sent a... Uh, was that from you, Murph? Because at the same time, I got yes, an anonymous yeah. gift and I got a, a non-anonymous gift. I got a skeleton warrior um, that is downstairs or I would grab it. So I mm-hmm. did get my skeleton. Um, it is one that now I've got a couple skeleton warriors toys. <laughs> see the other ones from here uh but i've got a couple different like i've got the horse and the guy with multiple arms and the wizard so i've got almost all the bad guys i need to get uh baron skull or what have you and then i can yeah. start watching the new the good guys and i'll have yeah. pretty much the set get the shadow walker yeah 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 grim skull <laughs> oh man you, your chapter in verse <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know skeleton warriors I'm, yeah <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, follow up here. Sam uh, also says that Shadow Hearts is very breezy by JRPG standards, if they remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I played the first one and yeah. the second one. I like them. I just don't. Uh, I don't remember a lot about the specifics of the plot. I know it's either the second one. One of them is really interesting because you spend a lot of time like dealing with actual historical figures from that yeah. time. It's got a little bit of like League, Extra- League, Ex- League of Extraordinary Gentlemen flavor to it. Like mm-hmm. you go and like. Here, you know, you talk to H.P. Lovecraft and he tells you about this thing. You had, he gives you a mission, you know, things like that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. The, the Assassin's Creed JRPG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Greg writes, um, let's see here. Uh, please feel free to rip into me if, uh, if you feel that I'm off base. Uh, but I get the impression from, hey, from listening. What? I said, okay, Claude. <laughs> I get the impression from listening to your shows that you don't care much for European developed games. 
I can, under- I can understand how different they are from American games, but we grew up playing a lot of Japanese games also, which were very different. Over the years, I've had a lot of fun playing British racers, uh, Spanish platformers, French RPGs, German simulation games, Swedish strategy games, and Russian adventure games. Perhaps one key difference is that it plays as many uh, PC as console games, uh, and we've not had uh, many good European-developed console games over here. Why do you think you have a bias against European games if you feel that you do, um, and are there any that you really enjoy? Uh, keep up all the great works, and congrats on hitting the new goal level. Um, a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that we just see examples of those on Advict Suffering. Yeah, that, that's part of it. And also, uh, I mean, I, I will go and say that like I don't think um, isometric like platforming is good. Yeah. Like, so the two things that come up, so rare is a big example of those, yeah. those things. And like, I don't, I don't really like, I just don't like the games. I played a lot of rare games. Like, it's not like, I just don't think they're very good um, yeah. by and large. Like there are exceptions, but like, I don't, I don't like the Banjo-Kazooie games. I don't like, uh, they're like, I just don't like those games. I played them. I don't think they're very good. And then like a lot of, uh, so my understanding from like watching YouTube people uh, is that like, when isometric games kind of started coming out on the weird British, you know, like ZS, ZX Spectrum, things like that, um, the fact that kind of emulated 3D a little bit made it seem very visually impressive. And, uh, you know, I watch um, Kimball Justice, uh, Kim Justice, which is a YouTube channel I watch, um, where a lot of like old British games, PC games, and, and otherwise show up and Spectrum games and everything. It's interesting for me to watch. And the idea is like, yeah, they look really cool. Like, they're very visually impressive, which is something that, uh, rare can kind of sometimes be you know can do as well um or ocean which is another british uh developer that kind of does that Cygnosis. Mm-hmm. um very visually impressive but i just don't think they play very well mm-hmm. um and that's really what it is i don't feel like that's true of all all british games in general no but i don't like isometric platformers i don't really like 3d platformers in the rare mold um yeah so there, I mean, that, that's really it. I mean, I'm sure there are other things that are British related that I'm not thinking of. And then Psygnosis games, like I didn't, I didn't think those were thought to be good. Like I, those don't play very good. They're very cool looking. Yeah. You know, but like, I don't think that they play very well. And I don't, I didn't think I was like, I think most people think that. I yeah. don't know yeah. if that's true, but. I mean, it's a little bit like when we flippantly talk about like anime, you know, what we're actually yeah. talking about when we mention these, you know, European developed games, um, first off, casual nationalism is funny. Um, second off, um, you know, we're actually talking about a series of tropes that we see. I mean, that's kind of what gave us the explosion at the asset factory, you know, just so many yeah. of those, I mean, look at like dizzy, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, kind of, you just, just collect ice cream cones and cinder yeah. blocks and construction helmets and just like things. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. so, you know, especially for games of that era, I think you hit around the head, like things that were kind of designed to be visual experiences, you know, first a lot of the time, I, you know, I feel like I've developed a little, we have developed a little bit of a, we know it when we see it kind of thing. It's a little bit how like you can tell if some, if music is Christian without even hearing lyrics, Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. But I mean, they're just, you know, it'd be foolish to say that nothing came out of the continent of Europe that was good. I mean, Eastern Europe and, you know, like uh, Northern Europe have fantastic like horror games. I mean, frictional for God's sake yeah. um, came out of Sweden, you know, <laughs> And then looking at like, um, I was just kind of like digging around on Wikipedia to look at British developed games. Like Eidos is uh, is British developed and like Eidos did lots of stuff I like. You know, like yes, it did Soul Reaver. And <laughs> it also did, like, the Thief series, which I think is super cool. Um, 
you know, or you look, I look at this uh, thing and um, got a rock steady. So like, I liked all the bat. I've played every one of the Batman games to completion. <laughs> like I like those games a lot. So there are lots of games that are, that are British. I think it's that classic eighties graphics first kind of hard to control part that I don't like. Yeah. You know? So, and there's tons of exceptions. I actually just found out um, us gamer, which is like, you know, I don't look at a lot of gaming sites and like I'm friends with some of the staff. I like that site a lot. I think if they have a problem, it's, there's not a real lot of diversity of interest in there. So it ends up becoming very Nintendo centric and stuff. But one of the things that I love is that they have jazz Rignall on there, who is a legendary British game journalist who's been around for since like the eighties. Um, and so he points out a lot of that stuff. He has a lot of nostalgia for like ZX spectrum things. And I guess they're putting out a handheld, uh, like the NES mini, but for just, um, yes, ZX Spectrum games. Oh, wow. So it's like 100 or 200 uh, of those games. And it's like, I'll buy that to play this weird console I never got to play and oh, yeah. play a bunch of them at once. Even just to flip um, through as a curiosity, I mean, I can't imagine that's very costly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like 100 bucks for all of the stuff. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the thing and make sure. Because if it's not, if it's not the ZX Spectrum and it's actually, uh, it is the ZX Spectrum, it's not the um, thing else. <laughs> I was going to say, if it was actually the FM Towns Marty, I'd, I'd yeah. pay twice, twice the 100. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty nice looking little device too. It's attractive. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I will, I will buy one of those and have fun digging through an alternate history of like, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, 80s video games. Is it this Indiegogo that they did? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Josh writes, um, do you guys ever give yourself weird challenges when you replay games that you're intimately familiar with? Um, I'm interested to hear about them. Uh, it's not uh, maybe as extreme as a swordless Zelda run, but when I replay Dark Souls 2, I roll a 1 to 9 to see which stat I'm leveling up. Mm. It leads to weird and interesting builds in a game that I have otherwise pretty much mastered. MLG, no scope, etc., etc. Um, it's a nice way to play a game uh, uh, that I love feeling fresh and new uh, every time I play. Uh, it's a nice way to keep a game that I like playing fresh and new every day, every, uh, every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't really do challenge runs, honestly. Uh, most of my replays are far enough separated that I don't necessarily need to, uh, to, to bring some spice and variety into the bedroom to keep, mm-hmm. to keep things fresh. You know, um, I know Gary, like you're doing a Nuzlocke for your, I, I gave up on my Nuzlocke. Yeah, like I stopped, wanting to do it so i started yeah. over not without doing gen, gen one nuzlocke there's there's so little like ease of use considerations yep. in gen one to actually support uh, that no no experience egg i'm not doing it yeah the um the yeah i i will do if there's an explicit way to play through a game a second time i'll usually do it so i like did dishonored and my natural way of playing i go you know i didn't kill anybody and i killed everybody and then like you know for deus ex I'll, i will play the new deus ex again and do it non-lethally um i'll try that um, so usually I'll do that kind of thing, but it's pretty rare that I come up with my own kind of rules. Like they're usually within the game space. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of that. I did a lot of that with dark souls one before dark souls two came out. Yeah. Um, that was probably the greatest concentration of that for me. Yeah. And that's, a, uh, you know, I think dark souls one is a lot easier to do that with than dark souls two. It feels like just because it's a much more compact experience. Um, it takes less time at the very least. Like Dark Souls 2, you can do it with too. And I did like, it just, I don't, I had, like I played through Dark Souls 2 something like six or seven times, but I didn't, I didn't have 10 or 11 playthroughs in me. Yep. You know, like I did it for the live stream last year. I've done like, you know, a miracle, a hex build, a big weapons, a dex build. Like I did like all the standard 
ways you can play yeah. through the game. Um, but I didn't need to keep, you know, that was my limit. And my limit was like six or seven. So it was like pretty high. I just didn't need to make my own rules to go in for that like eighth or ninth build. I think within the actual constraints of the rules are a lot of different ways to play that game, which is the, you know, and the best in the series as far as that goes. Like the, the series has not gotten better for variety of, of play. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like any of those challenge runs, those are of academic interest to me, you know, <laughs> see Lobos. Um, but um yeah, not for me. Because no. I'm a I'm a bad person at games. We don't replay lots of games. No. No. Got to keep moving. Which is fine. That's good. Like I always, what I will replay a game and feel guilty about it because it's just like I could be advancing in something. <laughs> you know, but it could be spreading my variety of experience. Yeah. But I'm not. Um, let's see here. Jala writes. Hey, Jala. Hey, Jala. Uh, what is your weirdest pet peeve? Oh, okay. Um, that's a good question. I can't think of any weird ones because if, if they are, if they do exist, they're probably just neuroses. Um, I can think of my most profound pet peeves, like the ones that really actually do piss me off. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that? Oh, being interrupted. Okay. <laughs> like that one goes back to childhood. No. <laughs> I, I hate it. Oh, um, one of my friends pointed this out. Uh, and it was a thing for him, but I real like after he told me about it, I realized it was a thing for me. Um, and it kind of always has been, but like, I never really put into words. Um, I don't like being told that I'm fine. <laughs> oh God. You know, it's, that sucks. Yeah. Like you're fine. Oh, you know what? Go get fucked. Like you, you yeah. literally have no idea what, what's happening in here. Like, you know, it is a, uh, so yeah, I don't like being told that I'm fine. Um, yeah, I mean, these, but you, you get to that point where it's like, is it a pet peeve or is it just like, it's not really a pet peeve. Like, I hate being stood up for things, mm-hmm. like, and maybe more Sorry. than I'm. <laughs> no, no, it's, <laughs> it's a, I mean, like, I don't, because it's, you know, time is valuable and I get nervous about wasting it. So, yeah. but that's not, that's not a pet peeve. That's just being a person who doesn't like being disrespected. Yeah. You know, like, pet peeve, I tend not to get like mad at like little, little things like that. Like, I think the things that I get mad at, about tend to be like slightly bigger than that. Yeah. Like even being interrupted isn't a pet peeve. That's like a, that's just someone being rude. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and even then, like, you might like my other one is I, I hate dirty silverware. Mm. Like if I go to a restaurant or I go to somebody's house, I'll very closely inspect the, uh, the silverware. But that is just that, that is less like, what the fuck are you trying to do to me? It's more like, oh, this little piece of like baked on food bothers me. Can I please have something else? Yeah. You know? It's just like no, things that I know bother me. When I think of pet peeve, I think of things like, you know, oh, I don't like people uh, chewing with their mouth open or like yeah. somebody like, yeah, like somebody cracking their knuckles. And none of those things bother me. Yeah, like you, like, can, you can do all those things around me till the, you know, cows come on my nose. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bob writes, guys, any plans to do a thing in Chicago? I know Gary has roots here, so maybe that would, so maybe that wouldn't be a great use of your resources. Uh, but it would be awfully convenient for me. It would be, it would be a great use of our resources because you could get there easier. Yeah. I could drive there. It's like, yeah, it'd be fantastic. And I would be, I would have a lot of people would come out and I would be able to visit home and stuff. It'd be wonderful. I just don't know of like, there's that Midwest gaming classic thing which is newish that retronauts did last year yeah um i talked to them about it and it didn't sound like it was great but it might be worth thinking about just because like geographically it would be cheap mm-hmm. it would be a half price convention for us yeah um, 
which would be really awesome. And if we could get it, you know, with like, we could pair that really easily with like, you know, some kind of meetup thing like that. And then I could fly out of Cincinnati instead of flying into Chicago, mm-hmm. drive back with you and we could do something in Cincy. Yeah. Then, like we could get a lot of economy out of such a thing. It's more yeah. about there being a, uh, a con- like a venue for it. Yeah, like a like an actual established event that has like foot traffic, because a lot of what we're trying to do with these places, you know, we're not necessarily the draw. We're trying to get the people who are there for something else. Yeah. You know, like these are these are marketing opportunities. You so know, like the closest thing is like a wizard world or something like that. And that's not exactly right. Right. Like or Gen Con or something like that. Like that is, again, stuff that's in the neighborhood. But yeah, well, and then Gen Con is not you know, is, is kind of like slightly further from the neighborhood even, yeah. you know, like it would, be, it would be, if I was, if we did a thing in Gen Con or at Gen Con, I wouldn't be able to like, it'd be hard for me to like visit home while I was there. I'd yeah. be in the Midwest, but it wouldn't be like, where's Chicago? It's an hour away. Like I could jump on a train and go home and for a day. <laughs> well, you said Chicago in an accent, like a really, really strong accent came out oh, well, that shit. I've never heard before. It wasn't on purpose. I, I, I will make funny voices and it was not on purpose. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not making I'm not making fun of you. It was just remarkable. <laughs> Actually, Brian just in chat said I uh, talked to Max Temkin. Um, I've met Max Temkin is one of the guys who did Cards Against Humanity. Who is, I've met and is friends with my friend Rachel. But I met him and I don't. It's not like I'm not starting beef, but like I don't think we gel real well. Yep. So it's uh, the um. So he would not be a good venue for that. Yeah. Like he he was perfectly like he's not a bad person. I mean, oh yeah, he is. He uh, he's got accused of rape. Like I, I forgot about that. He might be actually a bad person. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to go on record of saying he's not a bad person. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, you, you don't see a lot of potential for that kind of relationship. He doesn't seem. He doesn't feel like my people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Davy writes. It's been established that dollars per hour is a bad sole metric for determining the value of the game. Hard hitting follow up question: Is amount of joy per pound a good metric for evaluating animals? Oh, animals! I thought he was going to go like British games. <laughs> That's I was going. <laughs> I like the way that this zags. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I would probably say like that's something that happens naturally, right? Because, you know, I'm a person who, because I don't have the drive to have an animal for companionship, I enjoy cuteness. Mm-hmm. Um, so smaller animals tend to be cuter. And I would think that, um, uh, you know, animals are like people and that they're more valuable when they're young. So a puppy or a kitten, you know, probably a little bit more joy than a full grown cat. Um, so I think that this just kind of like happens naturally. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get, I don't get very much joy out of like a full grown tiger. No, but you could get a lot of joy out of like a horse, you know, like it depends on how it scales. Like you could get a lot of joy out of like an elephant if you were, you know, using him to tramp across the mountain steps you know, or something like that. Like it, it really depends. And then it's just like the joy of crushing a, you know, Nepalese village mm-hmm. with your elephant horde. Yeah, so I guess I'm. I guess I'm like I. My problem is I'm viewing joy as a fixed. Attribute. I'm, I'm, I'm saying joy is a fixed attribute, and the only thing that's changing is scale, and that changes the density. So that probably that probably actually accounts for like why I like big dogs, um, and their t-shirts more than I like small dogs. Yeah, yeah, because it's just a certain amount of joy. Yeah, and then also like you know a, a big dog is going to give you, like if it's smallness because like a. a a snail can be cute, 
but it's not giving you companionship like a dog would right or a, or a pupper yeah so like it uh yeah so yeah i don't i don't think it necessarily follows i think it really kind of depends yeah and just like so, so i'm trying to like maximize this and it probably like those curves probably intersect it like a chinchilla <laughs> yeah there's there is like probably a, a point because then you get even smaller and it's like this dust might bring me no joy in this, <laughs> this dust this dust might, it makes me sneeze in the winter yeah this it is makes my bad. house hostile yeah oh wait oh. there's a cat in the background i didn't even notice it oh, he was meowing at me He's not <laughs> oh, unless, oh no there is uh, that's charlie oh no do you need yeah, to take care of this no no it's okay he can hang out um that's uh my roommate my new roommate aaron's cat charlie he's an old man he's like a real bag of bones he sneezes a lot um he's a good boy him and Roy's have an uneasy like non-piece where they show dominance over each other like yeah we'll go use charlie's litter box and charlie come in here and drink Roy's water and like <laughs> but right now Roy's is just kind of chill and watching him so huh Oh, he's trying to get into the seat. <laughs> there are three places in my house I have treats hidden. <laughs> the second part. It's so I can surprise Roars when he's sleeping. Oh, no. He knows uh, he can hear them. So I like to be able to just grab a treat while I'm grabbing my socks. Mm-hmm. So he's sleeping, I can just be like, hey, buddy. Like, here you go. And <laughs> bring him- just put it next to his face so when he wakes up, he can just... Yeah, bring him treats in bed. You know, I'm trying to treat him good. Um, <laughs> but that's what Charlie's picking up on. Yeah, you can see he's a handsome boy. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's good. What are you doing? It's- He's got like a little tux pattern. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very similar to Roars in that respect. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Roars has a has a frenemy. Yeah, their frenemy is a good word for it. I'm hoping that someday I want them to become like the Oh Hello guys, mm. like just kind of like too old because they're both old, you know. And I just I really think that's a good dynamic for them. <laughs> grumpy old cats. <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not even grumpy, just kind of like doddering, and maybe kind of sociopathic, but in like a sweet way. Like Charlie from It's Always Sunny or the other guys. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Fletcher writes, so as gaming eats its own tail uh, and games that you've played remakes of get remade again, I have only one question. Am I the only one feeling hella old? Uh, gaming doesn't make me feel old, usually. No. Like, I don't, I don't, when people are do the, like, it's been 10 years since this came out, like, it doesn't make me feel old. Like my body falling apart makes me feel old. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it doesn't, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't, I don't tend to mark passage like time with pop culture that way, I guess. No, I, I passed that line, um, in 2008 when I realized that most of my favorite things were 10 years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's been 10 years since Resident Evil two and Metal Gear Solid came out. Huh? Well, that's something to think about. Um, and then quickly, that stops making me feel old and my lack of relevance started making me feel old. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you're just kind of like, Oh, you know, like old man, get off my lawn. Like I use Snapchat um, because I have friends who that's the only way they communicate. And uh, that is still a baffling ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. World moves on. Like old is the wrong word for it. I feel close to death a lot of times. Like I'll feel, <laughs> or, or I'll feel like depressedly like, oh, like I'm, you know, I will talk to somebody who, you know, this, this is the hedonic treadmill kind of thing where you like talk to somebody who has more, uh, you know, this person has more opportunities and is further along and whatever they're trying to do than I am. Yep. You'll have that momentary feeling of jealousy that then has like a comorbidity with feeling too old to actually do the thing. Yeah. You know, and that that will happen and sometimes it's related to games, but it's not about remakes and remasters and revisits and stuff like that. Eating its own tail, like 
doesn't bother me because it's it will be successful if they're you know good i I don't like trust the market but uh you know there's the nes mini is going to be cool because a bunch of kids are going to play a lot of really good games that do stand up and like they wouldn't necessarily necessarily get to play yeah that's good yeah my like my primary emotion when i see the the nes mini or any kind of like oh like resident evil 4 just got remade on the ps4 even though they're like seven it's one of the most remade games mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the number of years it's been out versus the number of versions that it's gotten like it's up there probably ratio wise with like final fantasy four missed <laughs> yeah yeah um but like i see that and i think like oh that's great because like more people are gonna get to play them yeah. like we we live kind of in a in a post-obsolescence society with that kind of stuff because as long as these games will sell they're kind of always there's always going to be a motive to keep them available for even for people to play so it's a wonderful time for being somebody who's interested in like archival stuff you know yeah. I play. I mean, that's what I played was the the remaster on PS4, and it like was really good and fun to play it on there. So it's it's bizarre. I'm playing it on PC, and uh, the 60 frames per second makes it feel very strange. I feel like I'm watching a soap opera. Yeah, 60. <laughs> I, I don't like 60 FPS in almost anything. Yeah, like it's like I get it. Like I I, I, mean, I do like it, but like that's a real risk. Yeah, like there's no there's no you know, and then when you go above that, it does feel like a soap opera for me. Like there's a certain amount of smoothness I don't really want. Yeah, so, I mean that's that's, a, that's probably a, you know that kind it's of technological a, like more technology means more art is something that I rankle against in general. Yeah. Um, and then finally, here we have Chase who writes: Are there any stories that you have been waiting to tell on air but they haven't come up? Mm-mm. We save them for abject suffering. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it used to be that we would that we would bank those up for. Uh, Extrasode things like as we would because you know a lot of those extrasodes that are a little bit longer that is actually our conversation as we kind of get warmed up quote unquote um in more human terms that's just kind of like hey what's going on you know how's it going i'd be like oh i've got one for you and we would save those and say like yes this is exercise material we've mm-hmm. always had a we've always had a venue for that and I can't think of anything that I've just been waiting because God knows if you listen to the shows, I will find a way to talk about. Yeah. Know? It comes out. Yeah. I bet you that I don't think I'm out of stories. I just don't have, um, you know, they, they will come out or they're not occurring to me. Yeah. Like they usually they'll come up naturally, like something about the game we're doing for abject suffering or something that we're talking about will remind one of us of a thing. Yeah. So, Yep. So, sorry if that's an unsatisfying answer. We covered a lot of ground. That was 19 questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've, uh, we haven't, we skipped a month or what have you. It took a little while, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's just about everything. We've hit uh, about 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, thanks again, everybody. This is kind of the first thing that we've recorded uh, after we hit our most recent goal. Um, and we're even, like, creeping up. Like, we're we're past it. There's always that worry after you hit one that people are going to drop and then like, ah, shit. Well, yeah, you got to hit it again. Um, but uh, things are going good. Super excited. We are, uh, or Gary and Jeremy are coming up with plans to launch uh, Days of Future Cast. Yeah. Yeah, we recorded our intro today. So it's all, it's all happening. Um, yeah, really excited. So thanks, everybody, um, for that. If you were listening to this on the Duck, Fi- Duck Feed Live thing, you know, mm-hmm. when you want to ask priority questions, uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Yep. And that's how you do it. So I, I'm sure there were some there were some questions in chat we didn't quite cover, things like that. Um, that's just because we, we do prioritize uh, patron questions. 
Yeah. Cool. I think that's about it. So we hope everybody has a, a good evening and a good weekend. And uh, we'll be back. Um, we'll see about next month. Yeah, the, the next month might be a skip month because of the Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. So we will do sometime in October and November, we'll do one between those two months because that's also Duckstream. Those are two busy months, but mm-hmm. we will get one in in there. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like early November. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. So Cool. Well, take care, everybody. We should do one around Halloween because I want to. I have a really good Halloween costume and I don't know how to show it off. <laughs> Part of me wants to wear it for one of the days at PRGE, mm-hmm. uh, but we will see if I actually do that. Uh, yep. It's really stupid, but it's very visually spectacular. So um, tell me off air. I I, uh, I will. <laughs> so, see yeah, uh, it, it, we'll, we'll do the All Saints Day stream. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.